Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Damien Christoph and Dr. Brett Hill. Hey, Brett. Hey, Damo. What are you working on at the moment, mate? Well, I'm working on a few things, Damo. I'm writing a book, but what I've just finished working on is my Art of Natural Running e-course, oh. and I'm really excited about it. So, you know, I've been going around Australia doing this uh, this live course where I was teaching people how to run naturally, and uh, and what I realized was that I couldn't get around to everybody, uh, and that it was hard to get around to everybody all around Australia, and even outside of Australia, people who wanted to learn about how to run naturally and how to run it more easily, how to make it more fun and how to get less injuries. And so I decided to put it all together into e-course, which is about five and a half hours worth of video content. Oh, far out. That's unbelievable. Where do people find it? So they can find it at theartofnaturalrunning.com and they'll be able to hear not just from me, but from experts like Danny Dreyer from Chi Running. We've got Kim Morrison. We've got Kelly Starrett from Mobility Ward. And we've even got a guy called The Barefoot Podiatrist, who's my favorite. Good bloke. So theartofnaturalrunning.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Brett Hill, and welcome to the Wellness Guys Show. Uh, this week, I'm on the show by myself without demo, uh, but I do have a very special guest to introduce you to and to chat with you about. So we're going to have a really good chat all about fitness, because it's been a while since we did a fitness show on the Wellness Guys. Um, and so we're joined by Raf Friedman, who is a CrossFitter. Uh, he runs several CrossFit gyms, um, and he's also a podcast, has a fantastic podcast called The Mind Muscle Project. So I really want to encourage all of you to Stay on board and tune in and listen to this one. Even if you're not a CrossFitter, even if you're not someone who loves fitness, I think there's going to be some little gems that you can take away from this episode um, that you'll really find beneficial. You know, we do get into talking a little bit about CrossFit and why CrossFit and how CrossFit and all of those sort of things, but we also make a real effort to have a chat about, you know, people who don't want to do CrossFit and people who don't want to get themselves a personal trainer, how they can do stuff at home um, to incorporate uh, some functional movement and some exercise into their life, which I think is really important. And I think there's also a lot of little gems that come along in the episode um, that you can take away from a, maybe perhaps more of a mindset perspective of how this guy who you know is a bit of an elite CrossFitter who loves CrossFit um, is able to get his mind into the, the capacity to do the work required to do this sort of high-level fitness um, and also high-level uh, business that he's doing, you know, running three different CrossFit boxes, running a podcast show, doing everything that he does. So uh, I think it's a great episode. I think it's a really fascinating one. I hope you guys agree. Um, let's jump into it. Let me know on social media afterwards what you thought, how I went without Damo here to hold my hand. Look forward to it. Speak to you soon. Hi, this is Brett Hill, and this week I am on the Wellness Guys without Damien Christoph. Damien Christoph has headed off to the beautiful Ikaria Island in Greece, and uh, he is over there studying everything about longevity and taking a whole host of people through that experience, uh, which is absolutely fantastic. So if you want to see more about Damien's expeditions in Ikaria, make sure you head to the Wellness Guys Facebook page, and uh, and we'll share some information about Ikaria and some photos of what Damien's up to and, and try and share as much as we can of his journey with our fans there as well. So um, if you're interested in going to Ikaria as well, make sure you hit up the boys at 100 Not Out because they are going back next year. Um, so 
check that out. But whilst I've got Damien away, I've got the opportunity to get a little bit of airtime myself and do an interview all by myself, which I don't often get to do on The Wellness Guys. And this week, I'm joined by a special guest, Raf Friedman. Now, Raf is one half of a team who run three CrossFit gyms. Um, they've produced a book called The Training Journal, which we're going to ask him a little bit about. And they also have a very popular exercise podcast called The Mind Muscle Project. So looking forward to hearing all about exercise and movement, which I feel like we haven't talked about for a little while on The Wellness Guides. It's probably due uh, from Raf. So welcome to the show, Raf. Thanks so much for having me on, Brett. Mate, absolute pleasure. Looking forward to chatting to you about all of this stuff because it's right up my alley. You know, I do uh, attempt to do CrossFit myself and, uh, you know, see what I can do. I went this morning and it was tough. It was tough. So I'm feeling it today. I'm not feeling much <laughs> like a CrossFitter today, but I went and I did it and that's the important thing. So, um, Raf, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background. What got you so passionate about functional fitness and CrossFit? Yeah, well, I wasn't, uh, I didn't study fitness first when I came out of school, but I was just playing rugby and at law school. Uh, but I got very into the sports side of CrossFit, so competing myself. Um, and then, yeah, me and a couple of friends thought we could do, do it a bit better than the gym we were at. So we opened a gym uh, and kind of one thing led to a next. Started doing the podcast, met new people, started opening more gyms and, and really just fell in love with it. Well, that's really interesting that you started in CrossFit from the sports side of it. So were you already doing kind of functional fitness elsewhere and, and just decided you wanted to compete in these competitions or was it that you stumbled across a CrossFit gym, started doing CrossFit and then decided you wanted to compete? No, I really was just playing rugby and then I finished up playing rugby. So I was looking for the next thing to do. Uh, and my best friend from high school had found CrossFit and was very good at it straight away. Uh, and he was just dragging me down. And then as soon as I tried it, I was like, sweet, this is what I want to do next. Nice. And, and I guess there's probably a bit of crossover from uh, rugby to CrossFit. You know, rugby is very much, I guess, a uh, well, at least I think of it. I've never played rugby, but I think of it as very much a, a power-based sport where having that, that base strength um, and functional capability in terms of running, dodging, tackling, all those sort of things uh, is really important. So I imagine there would have been a fair bit of crossover there in terms of the training and skills you've developed in rugby uh, transpiring into the CrossFit gym? Yeah, I think there is a, a pretty big crossover. A lot of the guys that I got at rugby uh, played, sorry, I got at CrossFit, played rugby or played football. And one thing that is unique to both and is similar is CrossFit is an endurance sport, so you're always, you know, really out of breath when you're doing it. But one thing that's unique as opposed to other endurance sports is that you often do something very heavy, like lift a really heavy lift or something like that while you're really tired. Um, and that's quite similar to rugby because you're very tired during rugby game, of course, but you're making, you know, tackles against very heavy people, um, trying to take down like a hundred kilo guy. And it's really similar to lifting a hundred kilo barbell when you, when you're exhausted. And I think that kind of similarity is why someone that enjoys one is often going to enjoy the other. <laughs> oh, it's so funny you say that because I was just thinking that I'm really glad that when I'm lifting my 100 kilo barbell, there's no one smashing me in the face because that'd be really annoying. Um, so I, I think I'll stick to CrossFit and give the rugby a miss, I reckon. Um, but yeah, it's interesting you say that because I do find this with CrossFit. Like, I came to CrossFit with a little bit of an endurance background. Like I was never, you know, an elite endurance athlete, but you know, I'd run marathons and done ultra marathons and I tended to do sort of more of that uh, longer, slower endurance type activity. And so, so 
you know, I felt like I came to CrossFit with an element of um, endurance capability. And then I feel like as I've done CrossFit, I've built up the strength. And, and so, you know, doing, you know, one RMs and those sort of, or one rep maximum for those who aren't sure what that means, you know, is going okay for me. But when it comes to trying to combine the two, and as you said, lifting heavy weights repeatedly, um, that's really hard. And that's often where I find I tend to blow up a little bit and struggle. So, um, yeah, what's, have you got any tips for me? Yeah, it's interesting. I think people that have an endurance background, um, they the training they need to do to get good at that is completely reversed to the person that comes in from like just a lifting background, yeah. um, which is why individualized programs are so common and so popular these days. But I mean, one thing of advice is that we had a client in our gym, one of our coaches, and she just finished, I think, sixth in the Australia Pacific region, and she came in with just a purely endurance background. Um, she was a top, uh, one of the top triathletes in the world. And uh, for people like them, uh, they do need often a bit more training than the average person because their body is just so used to a high volume of training coming from that endurance background. Uh, and they really just have to work on their strength for a very long period of time to try and even out their endurance to strength. Oh, there you go. All right. So just suck it up and keep working hard is what you're saying basically, Raf. Yeah. You, you got to focus on lifting for a long period of time. All right, all right, I'll keep at it. So, tell us about, uh, you know, obviously you got into CrossFit, you're passionate about, um, you know, competing for yourself, but at some stage you decided that you'd like to help other people and, and open up a CrossFit gym. So, what was your what was your decision around that? What was your mindset around thinking I'd actually like to go from, you know, being a competitive CrossFitter uh, to running a CrossFit gym? Because I imagine, you know, there's a big difference there in terms of the mindset that you need to go from, you know, trying to help yourself become an elite CrossFitter, which is very different to how you help a, you know, look at me, mid-30s guy who's come into a CrossFit gym knowing nothing about lifting or technique or, you know, I mean, I did know stuff, but, you know, I didn't know, I, I couldn't do a double under, I couldn't do a lot of these CrossFit movements. Um, you know, I imagine that's a very different process uh, starting from scratch with someone. Yeah, it's totally different. Uh, I think the reason we, we did really want to do it was because, I mean, the the usual CrossFit gyms were just 100% CrossFit-based, and we really wanted to bring something that was took everything that we loved about CrossFit, like the camaraderie and, and the competitiveness and everything like that, but put more of a traditional strength and conditioning twist to it um, because we felt that we could decrease a lot of injuries that way and make it more accessible to more people. So we tried to make a bit of a hybrid between traditional CrossFit-style training and, and then also just a type of traditional strength and conditioning training that has worked for years for clients. Oh, that's really interesting. So, so tell me, what does that look like? I mean, what are the things that you would do in a typical strength and conditioning training program um, that aren't included in a typical CrossFit program? Yeah, for sure. Well, when people started doing CrossFit, they basically threw out everything they used to do for training. Um, so maybe like isolation movements, like normal movements you see in a gym, like um, you know single leg squats or barbell curls, all the traditional style training. They threw it all out and started just doing the really fine CrossFit wads um, that everybody knows. So what it looked like for us was still including CrossFit wads, but you know maybe not every day and maybe not the whole session, but maybe once or twice a week. Um, and then spending a lot more time just doing the traditional strength and conditioning training. So single leg squats, um, you know, strict pull-ups, all types of variations, strict handstand work, and having a lot more of that in the program um, so that people are still developing their strength, still staying injury-free, uh, but still occasionally getting to enjoy those hard CrossFit workouts as well. 
Nice, nice. I'm not sure enjoy is the word I would use, Raph, but they're, they're, I do like them, but I'm not sure I'd say, I, I certainly, I'm not sure I'd say I enjoy it whilst I'm doing them. Uh, they are good fun, they, I do agree. They're, the camaraderie is definitely one of the benefits of CrossFit, I love that. Um, so, at some stage along the journey, you decided you are going to start a podcast, The Mind Muscle Project. How long has that been going on for now? Yeah, so we are at coming up to four years, because we are, you know, the Monday episode we do once a week, and we're in the 180s for that. Uh, so it started just as a service for our members, but as you probably know, starting your podcast, it was the early days of podcast, things were growing really quickly. Um, so quickly we were getting downloads from everywhere. So we just started download, we started basically getting downloads from all around the world. So we started recording with guests from all around the world, um, trying to just get, you know, the best in CrossFit and the best in functional fitness and uh, ask them all the questions we wanted to. Nice. So, so I'm guessing from that then the podcast started originally as a, as a way to try and help be, people do CrossFit well, you know, sort of things they could be mindful of and considering when they're coming into your box and wanting to do CrossFit, but it sounds like it might have expanded to be a bit more than that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it gives voice to, I guess, all the people that maybe aren't, you know, in the actual corporation of CrossFit um, and all the other people who are experts in their field and looking in or delivering CrossFit um, to their communities. And they're like, hey, this is what we're seeing working and this is what we're seeing is not working and giving voice to all those people um, rather than just getting your information about how to do CrossFit from I guess, the official CrossFit company. Yeah, and the great thing about doing uh, interviews like that, and certainly we found on doing the Wellness Guys and getting interview experts from all over the world and a whole different range of fields is that you do, uh, you know, learn a lot personally, you know, and very often, you know, Damien and I have found over the years that some of our personal ideas and philosophies and thinking around a whole range of topics has changed over that time as a result of the expertise we've been exposed to. Have you found that, Rafa? And what have been some of your real insights that you've gained from um, interviewing these experts from all over the world that's changed your way of thinking around exercise and health? Oh, 100%. I mean, the best example I can give is uh, there was a guest, Julian Pinot, of a company called StrongFit, uh, and he was on our podcast as well as a couple of other similar-style podcasts, and he was basically pointing out a lot of the issues that have come with clients just using just using a barbell too often and for too long, a lot of the side-to-side imbalances and, and imbalances in the body that can develop from that. Um, and he engineered a lot of sandbag training and different styles of training uh, that you know, through the podcast have spread all around the world. And you find his sandbags in our gym and all other gyms, uh, which were really, you know, something that was you almost didn't see anywhere. And now we use sandbag with our clients, you know, most days of the week. And a lot of CrossFit gyms around the world are using sandbags with their clients. Uh, and it's really helping people's back injuries and, and they sort of, you know, fix a lot of the imbalances that can come just using a loaded bar for your training every day. Yeah, we use the sandbags. They're they're awkward. They're difficult, aren't they? Like you really do have to work a little bit differently to maneuver the sandbag. Yeah, they're totally different. And an idea he had um, was basically that it, it is a lot more natural to pick up a weight um, where the weight is within the midline of your body. I mean, if you're always picking up like stones and rocks and things outside, the weights weren't either side of your body. Um, <laughs> and he has a theory that 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 is a more natural way to lift loads and, and potentially does lead to less injuries and than when you're lifting a barbell with a weight at either side of your body. Oh, that's really interesting. It's almost getting back to the old sort of strongman philosophies with the atlas stones and those sort of things, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, and and I think, you know, it's, if you think about how hard it is to coach somebody a lot of lifts on a barbell, like snatch and clean, it's, you know, it takes months or years sometimes where if you give someone the sandbag 
calm. It's what he said and what we have found is that it's a much, much quicker and much more natural learning curve. People kind of know what to do with it almost straight away. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense because some of those more technical lifts can take a while. And I tell you, personally, yeah. you know, I'm like, I think I'm like two years into crossfitting and I'm still trying to learn how to do some of these movements. And, you know, part of that is technique and part of that's, you know, range of motion and flexibility and all those sort of things that can be challenging as well. So, um, there's certainly a lot of, uh, you know, growth and development you can do from doing those more complex lifts. But like you said, sometimes started with the simpler stuff and the more natural stuff does make a lot of sense. So, Raph, you know, there's a lot of people probably listening to this podcast thinking CrossFit. Oh, what are they talking about CrossFit for? I'm never going to do CrossFit. CrossFit's really hard. CrossFit looks really complicated. CrossFit looks um, extreme. Um, what would you say to those people? You know, I, I guess what I'm getting at is can we give some advice for those people who are thinking that they never want to do CrossFit of how they can perhaps, even if they don't want to do CrossFit, how they can apply some of the principles of CrossFit um, to help get them started on their movement and fitness journey? Yeah, for sure. I think the biggest one that I would take away is that is finding the biggest thing CrossFit Engineer was a gym or a place to work out where you were with, you know, a like minded community where you pushed each other hard every day and had really good friends at the gym. Uh, and if there was anything I think we would take away from it, it would be that it would be either finding a really good CrossFit gym because everyone is really different, um, or just finding somewhere where you're training with a group of friends and you're pushing each other every day. And I think that is probably the biggest thing I would tell people to go and try and find. Nice. Yeah, I think that social aspect and that community aspect is super important. And as you said, it's it's sometimes good to go and join a team or a CrossFit box because, you know, it's kind of already there. You know, there's like a ready-built yeah. community of, of friendly, happy, supportive people for the most part. And, uh, and you know, certainly I know I've made some really good friends um, from doing CrossFit and people, you know, you see them each morning and you get to know each other and you encourage each other and you stir each other up and, you know, all those sort of things that you love to do with your friends. And... Uh, and it does make uh, fitness more enjoyable. It does just even naturally add an element of accountability to it because you sort of want to be there for your friends and, and it sort of naturally adds even a little bit of uh, you know drive and competitiveness to it if you're someone like me where you know you want to keep up with the Joneses and, and sort of uh, push yourself that little bit harder to make sure that you're you know, you're pulling your weight in the box as well. So, I think there's definitely something to be said for having a good uh, accountability partner and, and having someone you can work out with and enjoy. Um, what about the movement side of things? Obviously, as you said, that social aspect is really important. What about, uh, you know, how can people, I guess, incorporate some of the uh, the principles of CrossFit in terms of the different movements um, into their workout routine if they're just getting started? Yeah, I think that it's a good question and... I see a lot of people still trying to do it by themselves. And you know, in my experience of it, I just don't see that much success. People trying to learn uh, CrossFit style movements themselves unless they're very athletic or they've been doing something similar their entire life. So I think finding a really good coach, finding a trainer or finding somewhere someone can really teach you the movements, it always leads to the best success. Uh, if you try and teach it yourself, you're probably going to keep running into walls and eventually just go find someone where they're going to spend all their time undoing all the bad habits you create. <laughs> And, and running into walls literally sometimes, you know, you're trying to do a handstand yeah. push-up or, you know, <laughs> some of those movements can be a bit... And is, is that what you're talking about when you say that? Are you, are you more talking about, I guess, the more complex movements or are you suggesting like even the simpler movements? Like, for example, I'm just thinking like an, an air squat or a push-up or something like that or a, you know, a double under skipping, you know, are those the sort of... Do, do those basic movements need to be trained initially with a trainer as well, do you think? Well, I think it's probably not the most popular answer, but I think it does. 
because the unique thing about CrossFit is, you know, we like to do exercises quickly um, because that's the fun bit and that's the competitive aspect to it. But even the, those foundational movements, if you try and do them very fast and when you're tired, they're still really difficult and you still need someone to help you, you know, move and do them efficiently so that you can do them fast when you're really tired and still do a thousand reps of it and come out not injured on the other side. All right, so yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying there, but I, I guess I'm just conscious that I know there'll be people listening to this podcast who are thinking, all right, I'm not ready to do CrossFit. They might be thinking, I can't afford to get a trainer at the moment, or they might be thinking, I don't have time to go to a trainer at the moment. I just want to do something simple at home. I mean, I mean, is there a way that they can mm. do that? Like, uh, is what you're saying that maybe if you want to do that, you know, obviously be really careful and conscious of what you're doing. Maybe don't try and do it as fast as you can if you're just starting out. You know, is there a way that people can just get started and start moving? Yeah, for sure. I think that if you do want to do it with that approach, you just have to understand there's going to be a slower approach and a longer approach. Um, but there are a lot of, if you go on, like, you know, if you look up body weight, CrossFit style workouts, um, it's going to give you some some really good ideas, and I think going through them and is like you said, not trying to do it as fast as you can on the word go, and not really comparing yourself to other people uh, when you start, and just starting them slowly and slowly improving them. You can have some success by yourself. Yeah, I tell you what, you got to be careful what you find when you start looking for those body width body weight CrossFit workouts too, because I remember looking some up, and I've got a couple of PDFs on my laptop here somewhere that I. I downloaded a whole bunch of travel CrossFit workouts, which is kind of the same thing, you know, stuff you can do um, without necessarily needing any equipment. And a couple of those that I came across, I just shook my head. I, mean, I can distinctly remember one of them was called the Burpee Mile. And the, the, yeah, idea, the, the idea of that is that you do a burpee, which is like lay face down, for those who don't know, lay face down on the ground like in a push-up position, and then jump up so that your feet come up to where your hands are, jump up in the air, do a clap, and then lay yourself down again, ready to do it all over again. And burpees are really hard. And so the idea of doing, well, it'd have to be at least 1,600 of them, I would think, to get yourself a mile, um, is just insane. And it'd take you all day, wouldn't it, Raph? Have you, have you ever tried yeah. it? Have you ever done it? I do know. I haven't actually tried it. Um, but I think that's exactly It's a good point. I mean, CrossFit is just really, it, it can be really hard. And that's why I just think it's it's the type of thing that, getting someone to help you with it is pretty much mandatory because sometimes when you read it, you don't realize how difficult it's going to be. <laughs> uh, and I think, and I think the, the bad reputation of CrossFit comes literally from people trying it themselves without instruction and, and getting some pretty bad results. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, it's probably worth us chatting about that because I think you know CrossFit can at times have a bit of a bad reputation. You know, as someone who does CrossFit, I've certainly come across this numerous times before where people say to me, "Wow, you do CrossFit? You know, aren't you worried about getting injured? Aren't you worried about hurting yourself? Aren't you worried that that's bad for you?" And and my answer to that is always that. I think there's two things you need to to have to do CrossFit really well, and and one is as you said a really good trainer. You know you need you need to have a trainer who does keep an eye on your technique, and, and I know that you know there are always areas of my technique that can be better and can improve. Uh, but I also know that if I get to the stage where I'm being unsafe, you know my trainer will say, "Hey mate, 
it's time to back off. You know, yep. you, you're not doing that well or safely. Um, you need to back off until you can do it well and safely, which is great. Uh, and the second part of that, I think, is having the ability to kind of check your ego at the door. Um, because as you said, one of the things with CrossFit is that it is that competitive environment and it's easy to get yourself in a position where you kind of know you should be stopping or you know you're pushing yourself a little bit too hard or you're starting to feel sore uh, in the you know in the wrong way, not the right way. Um, and that sometimes you do have to just back off it and, and pull back a little bit. I mean, honestly, this morning was the perfect example. We had a workout this morning, which was an, called an AMRAP. Actually, no, it wasn't AMRAP. The first bit was an AMRAP. The second bit was four rounds, you know, and so you just had to do four rounds of this workout. You could take as long as you wanted to do it. But everyone else had finished their four rounds <laughs> and, and I was still in my third round and I was just struggling this morning. Like I'd had a bit of a big week. I knew I'd, I'd had a like, bit of a slumber party with the kids last night. They slept in my bed and so we had a bit of a party because Steffi was, my fiance was away and I hadn't had a great sleep and I just wasn't feeling good this morning and I just got to the end of the third round and went, Do you know what? That's me done for today. Like I'm just going to have to stop there because I was just going to absolutely I wasn't I wasn't going to injure myself, but I could tell I was just going to burn myself out. And so I think that ability to, you know, have a good trainer who can tell you when to, you know, when to back off and keep your technique on track and the ability to be able to check the ego at the door and sometimes say, "You know what? I can't do that full workout today." Uh, or I can't do that you know, RX weight. I, I'm, I'm going to do a lesser weight today uh, is really important. But I think if you do that, then CrossFit can be a really healthy and safe activity. Yeah, I agree. I think it can be incredible for the clients that don't let their ego run away with it and don't try and win the workout in class every day. Um, the clients that I see try and win the workout in class every day always have a massive crash at some point because uh, you just can't <laughs> try and do that forever. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, people need to realize that CrossFit's not a franchise. It's not like the F45s are the same everywhere. There is massive differences in the quality of CrossFit gyms and trainers. Um, so, I mean, the best way to guarantee success is go and look for the best one and don't just go to the one that's closest to you. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And, you know, I've even found that there could be, um, you know, I think different CrossFit boxes suit different people as well. You know, I, I think the first CrossFit box I went to was some very, very good trainers and, and they were very good. They knew their stuff and they're, they're very high up in the CrossFit community. But, but I found that they, to me, they were better at training the elite athletes. You know, that was, I think that was their passion and that's what they love to do. You know, and so they were great with the elite athletes. Um, and as someone who is very much a beginner, I didn't feel like they were as good for me. Not saying there's anything wrong with them, just that that was you know, where they were at. And then the second CrossFit box I went and joined, I felt like for where I was at and what I was doing, I got more out of that in terms of the more sort of nitty-gritty base instructions and making sure I was safe and making sure I was effective and all those sort of things. And so, you know, I think sometimes it's, it's just a matter of not even necessarily one box being better than another, but just good at different things and suitable for different people. Would you agree with that, Raf? Yeah, for sure. I mean, some, uh, you know, really targeting the people in their young 20s that haven't got any injuries and want to just get in there and rip in hard every day. Um, our gym is, is really different to that. I mean, before you can even step into a class, you've got to do at least eight one-on-one sessions with a trainer to make sure you're, you're really on top of your technique. And then the classes aren't very big either. So, I mean, yeah, there's, there's really some that push a bit more towards the competitive side and then some that, like ours, that push a lot more towards the longevity side of things. Yeah, nice. And so, you know, I think in terms of the injury aspect, you know, I think it's really important for people to understand that, um, you know, CrossFit can have a bad rap in terms of injuries. And But my take on it is that I feel like when I'm doing CrossFit, 
obviously, you know, anytime you do anything, you're going to increase your risk of injuries. And, and so I know that if I'm doing a CrossFit workout, I'm probably at a greater risk of injury at the time while I'm doing the workout than if I was just sitting on the couch, right? Um, yeah. But having said that, what I understand is that by doing that CrossFit workout, by developing that level of capability where, you know, you're working on your strength, you're working on your flexibility, you're working on your posture, you're working on your technique, you know, by developing all of those different skills, I feel like the tiny amount of an increase of risk of injury while I'm actually at the CrossFit gym uh, leads to a exponentially greater decreased risk of injury when I'm not at the CrossFit gym, you know, and, and I think sometimes people don't take both of those perspectives into account when they start talking about CrossFit injuries. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Raf? Yeah, 100%. I mean, there's, the obvious one is that all the injuries you avoid, you don't see. So all the, all like the, the back pain that you didn't yeah. get because you were bouncing out your strength at the gym, um, you never see that. But you do see the, the small injuries that you pick up while you are at the gym. I think that's one thing that, that can lead people to a bit of bias around, around the injury. But then also, I mean, a big reality is, is that anytime you're pushing yourself to learn new skills or just improve in any way, some injuries are guaranteed. Hmm. So a program where you're not really progressing and you're just plateauing and it's the same stuff every day and it's all pretty easy, it's probably going to have or will definitely have less injuries than the program that's pushing you and you're lifting heavier and your body's changing and you're learning new skills you couldn't do before. So there is a relationship there and I think that people need to realize that if you are going to push yourself a little bit harder and you are going to keep improving, uh, then slightly more injuries um, are going to be a, a result of that. Mate, uh, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, been great to have a chat with you. It's always so quick when we go through the podcast and, uh, you know, we get a chance, but it's good to get a chance to ask a few more questions without Damien here butting in all the time, which was great. And, uh, but, you know, what would you like to leave people with, Raf? If you could give people one piece of advice in terms of their health and in terms of their fitness, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, I think I've mentioned it already, but it would really be shopping around to me to find the best gym um, where you can find a community that is like-minded to you and is where you really enjoy to be and there's a really high standard of coaches, coaches that have been there for years, uh, not just two months. Um, it can really steer you on your fitness journey because you're going to have more success with some direction and some mentorship than, than trying it by yourself. Nice. And so, mate, if people want to find out more about you, they can find out all the information at mindmuscleproject.com. Um, they can also find out about The Training Journal. Can you tell us just briefly what The Training Journal is? Yeah, cool. So the training journal, we started on Kickstarter. Um, we sold about 30, 40 grand of journals to, to kick off the Kickstarter that got the book into production. And basically what it is, is it's a hundred days. It's a, it's a training journal for a hundred days to reach you to your biggest training goal. So the clients that use it, you basically journal morning and you journal night. It's mixed in with information from top fitness athletes and coaches from around the world. Um, and it's that daily intention setting and redirection that helps people achieve their biggest goals, such as, you know, increasing weights on the lift, running a marathon for the first time, um, anything like that you can use the training journal for. I love it. I love it. Biggest training goals in 100 days. So, you know, in 100 days' time, I can win the CrossFit Games. That'd be fantastic. I love that. It'll be challenging, but you can go for it. <laughs> I think we're pretty safe there. I think it's pretty safe to say we're not going to get there. But, but you've got three CrossFit boxes as well. Tell us where they are. Yeah, cool. So if anyone's in Sydney, uh, one's in Marrickville, one's in Bondi, and one's in Edgecliff, the suburbs around Sydney, um, nice. and you can always check us out there. Beautiful, beautiful. I might have to come in for a workout one day when I'm in Sydney, mate. Yeah, for sure. We'd love to have you. All right. Well, thank you so much, mate. Um, you take care, um, and uh, we'll speak to everyone next time. Thanks, Brett. 
Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of The Wellness Guy Show. We hope you love the new feel. Remember to continue to interact with us and tell us what you thought of this and other episodes. Please head to facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Guys and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. This is the way that we get to share our message with the world. For more information about Bredo and all that he's up to, please head to drbredhill.com.au and to find out more about me, head to damienchristoff.com. Until we meet again, continue to bring wellness into your life and we'll join you next time on The Wellness Guy Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.